0: You love working in the dirt, planting vegetable gardens, flower gardens, shrubs, and or orchards, bringing life to the organisms that bring us beauty and joy. But you've gone as far as you can with your green thumb, and now the only other place to go is your own retail garden center. And share your skills with the masses. Today, we'll learn the ups and downs of the retail garden center business, and then talk with Ben Christen of Newly. Nursery in Hayden, Idaho, whose family-owned nursery has been going strong for over 20 years on today's Business Buffet Ingredients episode.
1: We have all wondered what are the ups and downs of different types of businesses. As business owners, we've even wondered if starting another business is the best option. Business Buffet Ingredients is meant to give you a taste for what it takes to start and successfully run a business. We'll reach out into the world of business and interview success stories and present them on our smorgasbord of business helping options. Strap in and get ready to taste the finer business points.
0: Welcome to today's Business Ingredients episode on starting a retail garden center. Now, gardeners are definitely people who love to be outdoors, and working the soil is what feeds their soul. Most gardeners start work early before the sun has any strength when the garden is at its best, with early morning dew on the ground and the birds busy with their lives of finding food and feeding their young. It is truly a passion which is why a garden center, or as sometimes referred to as a nursery, is a place where plants are grown to usable size. A garden center, uh, there are like three main categories for plant nurseries, which are wholesale, retail, and mail order. Uh, The wholesale nurseries, which deal with bulk sale of the Plants, retail nurseries which deal with the small scale sale of plants, and mail order nurseries which deal with the sale through the mail. That's a nice rhyme. And today we'll concentrate on retail nurseries. So keep in mind today we will not go into the things you will need to start and maintain every business, like a business plan, website, logo, branding, social presence, marketing, etc. Although we will probably touch on marketing a little bit today. Uh, Today is all about starting your own retail garden center. What do you need to get started in this type of business? Of course, like any business, you will want to have a working and living business plan, as well as obtain the necessary permits and licenses. You will absolutely want to know which plants, trees, and shrubs grow natively in your area. Know the zones in your area so you know what will flourish and what may struggle to stay alive. Areas that have harder winters can be more of a challenge you will probably need to start planning your growing season right after the new year in order to grab advanced sales when the planting season begins. Now, knowing your area is only part of the equation for running a successful retail garden center. Knowing your customers is another. If you don't know if your potential customers are going to be buying a thousand trees or a thousand pots of pansies, you will waste time and money growing plants that nobody is going to buy reach out to gardening clubs, growers, associations, and commercial clients to develop a plan for your first three harvests. Now, you will need an excellent understanding of maintaining commercial greenhouses and supporting healthy plants. You should also have a solid understanding of accounting and retail business practices that can help you decipher fluctuations in supply and demand in order to maintain profits through changes in the economy and customer base. Now, what are the costs involved in opening a plant, nursery, or garden center? Well, location will significantly affect your startup costs as you need a decent amount of land and an urban site will be priced significantly higher than an existing rural farm. Greenhouses can cost anywhere from $30,000 to $100,000 depending on size, whether or not it will be heated, require electricity, and how you have it plumbed your retail storefront will require another $50,000 investment minimum and your startup plants, soil and supplies will run you another ten dollars to $50,000 depending, of course, how big you want to start. Through aggressive networking and the building of a large customer base of loyal retail customers and or wealthy commercial clients, a plant nursery can continue to expand its operation as long as there is additional acreage to cultivate or build additional greenhouses on. Now, without further ado, with me today is Ben Crisson, who, Burn. along with Eric and Elaine Crisson run New Leaf Nursery in Hayden, Idaho, a full-service nursery. Now, I know this uh, to be a fact. Ben grew up around the family business and is now overseeing most aspects of the nursery. The nursery has been around for nearly 25 years and has seen multiple economic downturns and has weathered those storms and now has a reputation as the go-to place for expert advice in the area of lawn and garden. Hello, Ben. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Happy to be here. Thanks, guys.
0: You bet. So <clears throat> I got to ask you this right off the, the, the front here. What prompted you to want to dive into the family business there at New Leaf Nursery?
2: Yeah. So it uh, I'll, I'll start by saying it, it hasn't always been the case, that I've, I've wanted to do this. I mean, when I was growing up and, uh, you know, watching my dad run the business, it was something that he just absolutely slaved over. And, um, you know, being from a small town and you, you don't always have the ambition to stay stay around in town and, and, and slave away at what you've, you've watched your dad do forever. So um, I went away for a while. And, you know, with time and absence being around, you know, it's kind of one of those stories of, um, you know, you, you kind of appreciate family more, and you appreciate certain things more. And, both gardening and family were, were both, uh, one of those things. So it was something that time away after graduating from high school, uh, just kind of started to build. One of those things of when you you
0: don't know what's missing, uh, until it's gone, right?
2: Yeah. 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 Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just kind of move away and do something else and you're, you're, um, realize what's valuable and important in life and what you like doing, and, and it uh, doesn't always have to stay the same.
0: So, so how long were you gone then?
2: I, yeah, I got close to 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went over to Seattle and went to school over there and uh, worked in the corporate world, and, and uh, you know, that was always my aspiration as a kid, you know, go to the big city and do something really important. and and uh, i kind of did that and proved that i could make it on my own and waited in traffic and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so coincidentally wh- enough my commute was shorter there than it is here and my commute oh. is like 2 miles but that is yeah, funny yeah so when did you end <laughs> anyway, up
0: uh, starting full time there back at new leaf
2: so i moved back to idaho in summer of 2014
0: so yeah. this will be your 6th sixth year of really taking this nursery to the next level.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This will be, uh, my sixth, sixth year. And, uh, you know, every year it just kind of keeps building. Um, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been absolutely grueling at times, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, starting to take shape.
0: So tell me on a typical, so clearly, uh, here in North Idaho, slower in the winter than the summer, but yeah. so, so tell me what a typical day is uh for your nursery during the summer because I know this there there used to be a time where the nursery would get really slow in the summer, right? spring was like hopping, yeah. and then yeah. uh you yeah. had kind of uh, uh greased your customer base to expect you huge discounts in the fall uh yeah yeah so how yeah. have you been able to to change that dynamic if at all
2: yeah, so um. With the garden center business and nursery business in general, it is just synonymous with seasonality. And seasonality is key um, to your business. I mean, when it's hot, you better be firing on on all cylinders, and that's largely spring. You know, summer things do wind down. Um, You know, we've gone after adding contractor sales who are still just hot after it in the summer uh, to boost sales. Um, we've also done quite a bit of contracting ourselves, um, and that's, you know, managed to even out the cash flow quite a bit in um, not just the summer, but also fall and the fringe parts of the season in early spring and late fall. Um, but, you know, it, it, it paramount to everything is just evening out your cash flow, trying to um, be available to everybody who comes in your door when they're wanting to buy, which tends to be the majority of people in spring and then getting creative around all those other times of the season where, you know, you have maybe just as many plants, not as many
0: employees and not as many customers. So
2: it's a tricky deal.
0: uh, Retail is, is always that it doesn't matter really what the story is. When a customer walks in, they pretty much want your uh, undivided attention. Right.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell me when you, uh, because what struck me when you were telling me that, uh, that scenario there, when you start back up in the spring, it's basically like flipping the switch on, right? It it's on. So how do you get your employees yeah. back into the swing of the systems that you built there at, at the nursery? Yeah. So it's one of
2: the biggest challenges we face and just Seasonality is the biggest challenge, but associated with seasonality is things like employment retention and cash flow. And when you have been off essentially for a better part of four months, five months, um, one, you're low on cash, and two, you, you're hoping that all those employees that left you at the end of the season are coming back. Right. And so, um, you know, aside from the how do you save up enough money question, because um, there's never enough money, but, um, you know, we have some employees that have been with us for a very long time, and we've always had to get creative at times of who we hire and how we hire to ensure that, you know, there's some continuity from one year to another, um, and not having to retrain an entire staff. And there is an inevitable amount of turnover. Um and there are certain processes and procedures that don't you know, either grown organically or just tribal knowledge or whatever, or we actually have a formal process that help get people up to speed. But a lot of that revolves around these folks that we've had for just numerous numbers of years right. um, and have kind of gone through the motions enough to, to help coach and uh, guide the folks that are, that are inevitably going to be new every year.
0: So we've got about three or four minutes left, and I really want to touch on uh, something you've been doing that I know for the last uh, two, three, four years are your festivals. Uh, yeah. So you really have the luxury of some land. When I was doing my research, I realized the land is—I mean, that's just huge, right? It puts yeah, you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. For a retail operation, I mean, it might not be as big as like a growing operation where you're responsible for growing all the plant material and it just takes acres and acres and acres. But it still matters, you know, parking being the biggest one. I mean, we talk about seasonality constantly in our business and you better have enough parking spaces in the month of May to capitalize on all that. And that comes down to space and acreage, which you have to pay for somehow. Right. Um, and so like these festivals which you're alluding to they're, they're things that we've kind of either come up with or they've just kind of started organically or, but they're all kind of based on the same premise of utilizing a space where when we're not as busy um, when we have time to focus on other things and they've been intended to serve a couple purposes, just mm-hmm. bring awareness to the nursery, to a set of clientele. Seems like that that's an obvious one, right? Here. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a matter of, hey, we're not busy. Let's bring a bunch of people in. And we've gone after demographics that maybe are not quite in that um, buying mood for plants. You know, they don't have a lot of disposable income, meaning young families. Okay. okay. Um, but it was intentional in the sense that. You know, we've always wanted to kind of give back to the community and be a part of the community, be seen as a part of the community and a place and a space for people to come to and share and appreciate. Well,
0: and and those young families uh, at some point will become more mature families, right? right, And get their own houses and have their own places. And once you've established Mm -hmm. that relationship, then all of a sudden you've got, I mean, it's, they're coming to you first.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the hope. Um, you know, that's the thought it, it's at the end of the day, it's marketing dollars spent now that you don't see an immediate return on. And that can be a very hard thing to do for, you know, a company that's just starting out. You know, those festivals n- aren't necessarily all that cheap the way that we've done some of them or some aspects of it. And we're not going to see that return for five years, seven years for some, some right, of some the customers, right. but, but, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's immensely valuable to, you know our core mission, and and uh, you know our, our part in the community, or doing our part in the community.
0: So, thirty seconds or less, sure. name the top three marketing avenues you have seen to be successful for your
2: nursery. Yeah, so social media um, is probably primary primary avenue number one. Um, most of that probably has to do with my own desire to see the analytics of who it's reaching and you know yep. setting demographics and core core m- markets and targets um, and seeing traceability to how it's actually received. Um, I think these festivals have gone a long way to just bringing awareness to the nursery, mm-hmm. um, and then another one that you know, it took us forever to realize, um, was just the outside appearance of the nursery. I mean, investing in how your space looks from the road and making sure it speaks to the, um, type of clientele that you want to reach out to, um, was something we overlooked forever. And we finally invested in it in the last few years and we've just seen an amazing response from the community and customers. It's, it's been fun.
0: Well, I know one of those little, things, little, yeah, 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 I was going to mm-hmm. say one of those things is a really large windmill that people can say, <laughs> yeah, Oh, yeah. that's yeah. where you are. So that's yeah, that's yeah, kind of nice yeah. to be able to point to that. Well, Ben, I got to tell you, I'm really, really appreciative for you spending a few moments with us here on the business buffet ingredients episode. And uh, thank you so much Uh, And thanks again for joining us.
2: Yeah, guys. Happy to do it. Have a good one.
1: Is your computer not running right? Is it making sounds it shouldn't? Do you want your computer to run better? Well, give F1 for Help a call at 208-687-0183 or visit us on the web at www.f1forhelp.net. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Business Buffet. Thank you for listening to the Business Buffet Ingredients. We hope we tempted your business taste buds with something sweet. Please share this podcast with your friends and show them that you are the smartest person in the room. Visit businessbuffet.page and sample all the flavors of the Business Buffet. We hope you eat hearty in business.